0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Key Hire Solution Show for Small Business. I'm your host and creator of Key Hire, Corey Harlock. Welcome. Uh, Key Hire, uh, we do uh, talent strategy and acquisition specifically for small business owners. So think of if you want to upgrade a leader, um, a leadership role. If you are creating a new role, 60% of the work we do is creating, helping create and then acquire talent for new roles right up to complete human capital strategy or human uh, talent strategy for growing and scaling small businesses. So today we are talking about probably um, one of the cornerstones of running a successful business, and that is communication. And we are so fortunate and lucky to have uh, our our guest today, uh, Dr. Bob Johnson. We just call him Dr. Bob uh, from Shoreline Partners um a team transformation is his company and and his mission is to accelerate leadership team performance through communication so um really excited to have a, a quick combo a nice conversation with bob today and learn about how to be better communicators with our team so let's welcome bob on. dr bob hey Corey. how you doing i'm doing great man thank you so much i know you're busy you travel all over the world um, you know, you live out in Orange County, you live a big lifestyle and you're, you were, uh, you were kind enough to donate some of your time to, 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 um, our listeners here today. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I have a chance to have a chat with you, Corey, I'm up for it.
0: Cool. Um, so Bob, first big question. Um, what, I'm going to give you, why don't you do a 30 second, uh, 30,000 foot view of what you do. What team transformation is, and then we'll get into the questions.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure thing. So I'm a psychologist by training. I'm actually a clinical guy by training. So I come at this from a what used to be a mental health perspective. So I'm, I'm very much interested in kind of the people side of organizational effectiveness, and uh, at the center of my work is helping teams remove some of the barriers to effective communication. Um, because I mean, I, I suppose simply put, a team can't be effective if they aren't. <clears throat> effectively with one another. And, and what my experience tells me is that people fall into predictable uh, traps um, a lot more often than they realize. So I help, I help people understand what those traps are and how to, how to avoid them, or if they find themselves in that ditch, how to get out of it as quickly as possible.
0: Cool. All right. So first question I have for you, why is effective communication so important within a business, within teams, within leader to leader, leader to peer? Why is it important?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think leadership and teamwork is about getting work done with and through other people, right? And I think one of the most pivotal or valuable uh, services that a leader provides is making good decisions, right? That decision might have to do with how to improve performance in an employee, where to make an investment, um, what, what the company needs to focus on in terms of growth and so on. leaders ultimately are responsible for making these decisions. And I think better decisions are made when when people are are engaging in good learning beforehand, right? And and oftentimes the best learning we can do is by having kind of transparent, open, um, learning-oriented conversations with our colleagues. Because, you know, I'd put it this way, by virtue of the differences in personality styles that exist in an organization, the differences in in experience, uh, the different information that people have access to, oftentimes our our colleagues know things that we need to know in order to make good decisions. So for me, effective communication is about how do we set up that information exchange so that I, as a leader, can make the best decision possible in
0: the oftentimes limited time I have available. So, okay, so I'm going to, this is next question is a two-parter let's start with the first one all right uh, what is the so what are some of the common or, or big mistakes people make when I get and do do should we put um, kind of a circumstance around this is this usually yeah. a a situation where we have to have a hard conversation is this yeah. you know what what is the the usual kind of environment or feeling around these conversations that you're kind of talking about
1: yeah I'm really glad you mentioned that Corey, because what, what I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about what do we look like in the most difficult situations. okay now perfect. W- what I know is that people are generally better than this, right? If, if we're in a low stakes environment with a friendly crowd it's it's really easy to be at our best. What I'm interested in is what do people do what do leaders do when the stakes are high and reputations are on the line right? Okay. Um, this could be because um, we're, we're being challenged in ways that feel uncomfortable, for instance, by those around us, or when we have to have a difficult conversation with an employee or we're confronted with something that doesn't it doesn't match up with our experience. Right. So in those moments, the way I think about it is kind of stakes are high and reputations are on the line because, you know, I think as leaders, we, we recognize that people are looking at us to make a call. Right. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. In those moments, people predictably do the same thing. It, it might look a little bit different based on personality and, and, and so on. But underlying, we, we seem to run a, a program that I call the win and be right program. Now, don't get me wrong. I love to win. I love to be right. I'm not anti-winning. but But if we bring this mindset, win and be right to our conversations, the problem this sets up is oftentimes for me to win and be right the person I'm talking to has to lose and be wrong, right? And, and no one wants to lose and be wrong. So what happens when we, when we come in that way? We, we end up setting up an adversarial interaction right from the start, where you have two people that are more invested in proving their point and being right. Um, and and while, it, while it might feel good to, to do so, oftentimes that comes at the expense of learning, Right? Uh, right. Since the other person is wrong, they've got nothing to teach me. I'm going to teach
0: them. So, that so can, can I, take, ask, can I yeah. ask a question about that? So if you win and be right, and, and you started answering the second part of my two parter, thank you, Matt, for flashing up there kind of the biggest mistakes, right? So one of those mistakes is going in with that win and be right, but you might walk away saying I got what I needed out of that. But what, what are the repercussions or the unintended consequences yeah. that you get from the person on the other side of that? Do they walk away feeling motivated and excited and happy to execute on what right. you just yeah. told them you wanted them to do? Absolutely
1: not. Um, and that's the problem, right? Can I tell you a funny, funny kind Please. of anecdote? Yeah. All right. So the reason I know about this win and be right and, and all the behavior that goes with it is because at the center of my work is a, process where where i ask people ask leaders to participate in a videotape role play with me right it's a it's a three-minute common yet challenging scenario and uh again and again i've seen the same thing people leave that role play thinking man i nailed that like i i really i really got my point across etc and then the next day in the workshop we watch the video and they they shake their head they're like i I didn't realize i was doing those things Right. right so so often When we focus on winning, that's the only thing we see. And we don't see that we end up missing out on important information. We don't see that in in putting the other person in a position to lose and be wrong, it actually undermines trust. And it actually ends up throttling lines of communication because if every time someone comes to me, I'm invested in being right, well, they're gonna stop coming to me, right? So, and, and by the way, everyone else can see that but us. Right. Right. OK. Focus on the on the uh, how good it feels to have been right.
0: So in keeping that, we're going to stay on, on this question. But um, I, I posted something uh, this morning and I, you'll appreciate this, Bob. I said. Um, you have to hold your pain and ask for more. And I said, if you want to learn what the heck that means, tune in today at 2 p.m. Yes. So uh, help people understand what that means that that's music to my ears i mean to me that's the
1: that's the central insight uh, for me and and i hope for others in this work that oftentimes the things that we most need to learn about that is how our perspective on things is wrong how our performance is not as good as it needs to be how we're impacting people in ways that we don't intend right if we're really going to learn about that stuff inevitably there's going to be some pain associated with that right I mean, if you're like me, it's not good to f- hear about your limitations, your flaws, the gaps between what you wanted to do and what you actually accomplished. Right? That that's painful, and and it's something that we need to learn about. Right? So if we're, we have a choice in those moments, we have a choice. We can we can either manage the pain, and what does that mean? Well, win and be right, deny what people are saying, defend our position highlight how people just misunderstand us. That that works in the sense that it it kicks the edge off the pain, right?
0: Your pain.
1: Yes, my pain. But where it fails is um, it blocks learning, right? So oftentimes, if we're going to really learn about the things that we need to learn about, we have to be okay with the discomfort or the awkwardness that comes with yeah, hearing things we don't want to hear, which which doesn't mean we have to agree with them, right? I think staying open and listening is not about agreeing. It's about, let me make sure I understand this before I decide what to do with it. And when I do that, I may decide, you know what, you have a point, right? You also
0: may decide my initial instinct was correct and I still wanna go forward with what I initially thought.
1: Absolutely, I'm not interested in agreement for agreement's sake or consensus-based decision-making. That's nice, what I'm interested in is is learning before deciding. How do we assess that? That people have listened to those around them and they've tested the assumptions they have in the situation. I think that is what leaders need to do if they're going to make prudent investments, prudent growth decisions, prudent people development interventions.
0: When I, back in the days when I used to manage people and had a lot more patience than I do today, uh, I, I I was told or I learned something around, you know, it's, it's when people make a suggestion or bring an idea to you, Yeah, it's, it's not the accepting of the idea and implementing it. It's the, them being heard that they felt like you really listened to it. And if you say, Hey, it's a great idea. I totally get why you're trying to do that. I don't think we can do it at this time. Right. But that's a better response than just saying, no, we yeah. can't do that.
1: hundred uh, percent. Right. Because I think, I think people know that, right. I think, people know that you know not every idea is a good idea um that that they don't have to carry the day every day but if we can treat them with the dignity that hey i'm going to invest some time in understanding what you're saying uh i think that does i think that's a a threefer we might say a hat trick Corey, how am i doing
0: yeah that's good yeah but jersey back here
1: um people have the experience of being heard right and in that that breeds trust right Corey's a guy that I can talk to about this stuff. Number two, they might have a point. Maybe you, maybe you realize the idea is better than you initially assessed it to be and you change your mind. If that's not the case, you're now in a better position to explain why you can't act on their on their recommendation. Having understood it, you can now point out what they might be missing. Right. Right. Yeah. And so you become more influential because you've earned trust and because you now know the language of the other person. So,
0: Bob, you do such a great job at making this sound really, really uh, simple and easy. And I know it's not because we've had these conversations before and just uh, it, it's hard work. Right. So I guess our, the last question I have for you is if I'm a business owner and I'm listening to this today and I'm thinking, OK, I am a win and be right. But right. uh, or this is or I want to know if I'm a win and be right. You know what? what could I do today or what what path could I take? Or is there something I can walk away from today and take action on yeah. to help me understand how I'm communicating or be better at communicating?
1: Yeah, sure. I'm gonna make I'm this really as-
0: i contacting you.
1: Yes, right. I'm gonna make this as concrete as I can. Uh, and this is a two-part answer. So uh, I think one of the most common, I think people think they listen, but they don't. What substitutes for listening in organizations? The phrase goes something like, I hear what you're saying. Now, what's the next word in that phrase, Corey? Yeah, but. But, okay. So it <laughs> reveals that when we say that, it's just a device to get the other person to, pardon me, shut up so I can right. start talking. Okay. So my my ask or my recommendation for your listeners is whenever you catch yourself saying, I hear what you're saying, I want you to back, pause, stop, and back it up. What does that mean? well i believe only the person speaking can tell us that we hear what they're saying right i mean i think that's a fair right cory if i claim to hear what you're saying you may disagree right right so only you can tell me i hear it so if i if you business leaders out there that are listening to this if you find yourself saying i hear what you're saying pause and back it up what does that mean tell the other person what you think it is they're saying and wait for them to tell you
0: if you got it right or not. Now it's really this sweet. Go on, though, right? Like this—this this isn't a one-and-done. This is a bit of a dance oh, you started. That's right. That's
1: right. And and you might you might have the sweet experience of the other person saying, "That's exactly what I'm saying." <laughs> if you're like most folks, what's going to come back is, "Well, no, not really. That's that's not what I meant." That's where the learning begins. Uh, so that that would be my. Most compact form of advice on this, if you can kind of catch yourself when you say, I hear what you're saying, put your money where your mouth is, back that claim up, play back what you're hearing and and see if you got it. And this is
0: where it, this holds your pain and ask for more begins, correct?
1: Yeah, right.
0: Absolutely. There, am, I, am I correct in that? Right. Because yeah. they're telling you things that you might not want to hear. Uh-huh. You keep saying, OK, so what I think I heard you say was. Yep. And then they might say again, no, you're still not getting it. And they might lay more on you that you really don't want to hear. Yeah. So what I think I heard you say was, and they're, they, and then maybe they'll go, yes, I think now you have it.
1: Yes. Corey, it sounds like you speak from experience.
0: <laughs> well, I've talked to you a lot Bob. <laughs> it is a hard thing to put into practice. So I said, so, um, and I'm just going to do a little, uh, blurb here guys if you like what you're hearing you know hit the like button share this around this is super valuable information for anyone who's listening if you have any questions about this topic punch them into the comments uh we're going to say goodbye to bob in just a minute here but i'm going to be taking some questions after and i'm happy to answer any of those but uh, bob i said you know these that's what they can do without contacting you
1: Mm. but if
0: anyone says man we got to get this guy uh in our in our building to help us how can we reach you
1: yeah, I suppose probably the most uh, effective way to reach me is through my LinkedIn profile, which uh, I'll include in the comments here. Also, my website, uh, Shoreline Partners Inc. That's INC.com.
0: Right. Matt, do we have that to flash up just so people can see it? I caught Matt off guard. Let's see what he comes up with. So, guys, uh, reach uh, Dr. Bob is one of the. Um, I'm fortunate that I know you outside of this stuff and I've, I've gotten to know you over the last couple of years and value our friendship. There it is. Way to go, Matt. Um, yes. Value our friendship. And, and again, I, I really appreciate you taking time uh, to come yeah. and, and be with us today. I mean, I know this is all super valuable stuff and and I, I I appreciate you and I appreciate you coming on with us today, Bob.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Corey. I love what you do at uh, Key Hire and, and just glad to glad to be part of it.
0: Thanks man. We'll talk soon. All right. Yep. Thanks. Take care. And there he goes, Dr. Bob, one of the best in the business. When I say he is a, an international consultant, I say it cheekily, but I'm, I'm, I'm not lying. He's always flying all over the world. Uh, generally works with fortune 500 companies, uh, huge teams, but does do work with smaller businesses, uh, mid-sized, um, uh, uh, down market companies, whatever it is. Uh, I know he does some work with some private equity companies as well. So whatever you're trying to accomplish, he is a fantastic resource uh, for you out there. So Matt, I think we have time for a few questions. What do we have today? How can I judge the communication skills of a candidate in an interview? Okay, this is a fantastic question. Um, and there, there are a million answers to this, um, and it's up to us as the interviewers or the people bringing people in uh, and talking to them to gauge this. The reality is, depending on the job, uh, if it's a, a job where the people are traditionally more introverted, uh, they, might, they might not interview well. Uh, their communication skills in that, that pressure situation might not reflect their ability to perform in a job once they're comfortable and, and um, in a world where they where they understand and are at home. So oftentimes we will bring someone in to interview, and the comment might be, "Well, they weren't very dynamic, or they didn't seem very outgoing, or you know they were their answers were really short." But we might be interviewing them for an engineering role, or an accounting role or uh, a role that is traditionally um, associated with someone who would be more introverted versus extroverted. The other other side of the same coin is, if you're interviewing someone who has not, who has been at the same job for a long, long time, they probably haven't had an interview in five, eight, 10, 12 years, just aren't good at it. I've always said if people are really good at interviewing, be careful. How often are they interviewing to be so good and so polished? So you have to be careful and you have to look at the situation. Now, so the other, the others, so the other another coin, another side of this is if someone is really good at interviewing, I always look for detail. So if someone is um, exaggerating a piece of experience, or if they are just making up experience, they will not be able to give you detail. So if someone claims to have done something and they give a vague answer, Oh yeah, I had, uh, I was ahead of this $2 million project. Great. What was the project? How many people worked on it? What was your budget? What was your timeline? Did you meet your timeline? Did you meet your budget? They're able to give you that information. Uh, they're probably being forthright and honest with you. If they start th- saying things around like, "Well, we were around a million dollars, uh, uh, you know, a hundred thousand dollars over budget," mm. uh, back in the day, in my previous life, I was in hospitality, and when I was looking for general managers for restaurants. I only had to ask one question to know if they were a general manager I wanted to hire. And that question was, what's your budget this year? And if someone said, well, it's probably around $5 million, they were not my GM because they didn't know numbers. They didn't understand P&L. They didn't understand labor. They don't understand cost of goods, food costs, Bev costs, all that stuff. The general manager I wanted said, we have a four million dollar budget. I'm on track to beat it by five percent this year, uh, and uh, we should do about uh, four hundred and you know or, or four hundred and sixteen thousand or four million one hundred and sixty thousand dollars in revenue. That's the GM I wanted. So look for details. So there's two sides here. Some people are just bad at interviewing. Doesn't mean they're bad at the job. That's where work history gets really important. Right. We get into these situations where we interview someone who's had a history of success, great progressions, more responsibility, performed at a high level. And then they interview and they're a little flat. And they're like, well, I don't know if they can do the job, but their history says they can. So at that point, that's where we say, hey, maybe we need to talk to them again or send them some written questions or whatever that is. Um, or maybe they're just an introverted person. And, and once they get into a, an area where they're comfortable. Uh, they will perform. Maybe they haven't interviewed in a long time, so they're just really nervous. That happens. Leadership positions, people that have been at the same company for a long time and are, and are branching out with a lot of anxiety. That, I'm lying to my boss. What does this look like? How am I going to give my resignation? There's a lot of stuff going on in the background that we need to we need to be understanding of um, and aware of to help people walk through this journey because it can be a very stressful and anxiety ridden process for them. Then on the other side, people that are really smooth, look for detail. Just drill them one, two, three layers deep in terms of your questions uh, to get down to that detail. And if once the details start getting foggy, oh, it's around maybe approximately, I don't know. Um, that's where the red flags start going off. OK, Matt, we got time for one more. What do we got? How do I bring up poor performance to an employee? Great, great question. So the question I would ask back to to this is what result do you wanna get? Um, And I'm sure Dr. Bob, I wish we had him here, we could back, but what result are you looking for? Now, if this is someone where you're trying to improve their performance, Um, or it has been a generally high-performing person and their performance is starting to suffer, the first question you need to ask them is bring them in and say, hey, is everything okay? What's going on? I've noticed you've been a little different. I want to check in and see how things are going with you. Often, not often, but sometimes they have things going on outside of work that are causing their performance to suffer. So being good, empathetic leaders who care about our people want to make sure they're okay. And they might say, oh man, I'm going through a divorce or uh, I got problems with the kids or we don't know what it is. Could be anything. Um, so we look, we look there first. What's going on? Are you okay? What can I do to help? Now, the second step is when we start getting into this, right, you know, you can get the the PIPs, the performance improvement plans and all that good stuff. But going to someone and saying, hey, I I, I want to check in with you because I've seen some decline in your performance in some areas. You know, there's some things that you used to really be great at that aren't happening. Uh, you're not delivering at the level we want you to currently, right? What's going on? Um, they might, if it's not a personal issue, they might say, well, you've just giving me a whole bunch of new responsibility and I don't have time to get everything done. I've been at home working weekends, working nights. Okay, well, let's get some of that off your plate. We've talked about that in previous shows where we talk about, you know, breaking people's necks, right? Pointing them in one direction and giving them a new job that has them have to do a 180 <clears throat> turn around and do that job. And they can never uh, perform well in both. One of those tasks is always going to suffer. So that's what I would do. Start with, What's going on? How are you doing? Now, if it's someone who you, um, remember I said it depends what result you wanna get. That's if you wanna keep someone. If it's someone who you've decided might not be a fit for your organization anymore, that's where you might go straight to them and say, hey, your performance isn't great. I'm gonna to have to write you up for this or we're gonna give you a warning. We're gonna put you on a, an improvement plan. We I mean, need three months to clean up your act, or whatever that is, or at the end of the day, you can just pay them to go away, right? Uh, but if if they're valuable uh, and you truly want to know what's going on in their world, as as Bob kind of talked about earlier. Right. You have to listen to understand, ask the question and go back to them and say, so what I'm going on at home, that's um, how can we help you? Right. And if they say, yeah, that's it. I, I got some some stuff outside of work. I really don't want to care to talk about it. Uh, but how can we help? Let us let us get you through this, because that, on the other side of that situation, you're going to have a super loyal, dedicated employee, grateful that you help them. And it's work. It, it, it's going to be more work for you. But some of your people work real hard for, for you as an owner or a leader. And sometimes you just got to pay it back. I think that's all the time we have for today. So if you've liked what you heard today, uh, like share uh, this, po- this show. Um, you can check it out on the, uh, check out our podcast. Uh, we have it going up every other week, uh, and you can listen on any of the major streaming services. You can check out our YouTube channel. We chop up these (coughs) live streams, post them on YouTube so you can digest them in small little pieces. You can follow us on our LinkedIn page Join the hundreds of people that are up there with us. Um, if you have any ideas for the show topics, you would like us to cover things going on in your business and you'd like to utilize our resources to help you get some information, ping us, leave a note in the comment box, send send me an email. Um, Matt, did I miss anything, any, how they can connect with us? You can schedule a free consultation and talk with us. If you have a, a talent uh, acquisition issue you're dealing with or organizational structure or an underperforming leader that you'll kind of want to walk through some options, what to do, we're happy to to speak with you on that we always say no sales no weirdness just health um but until uh two weeks from today we'll see uh, in two wednesdays from today we'll have our next show going off Uh, until then thanks so much for watching the key hire solution show for small business we'll see you next time